What is the event podcast? We'll begin in five, three, one, four. Welcome to What is the Event Podcast with Jim and George, the first podcast dedicated to the event on NBC. Your place to talk about is there any hope for this working out? Honey, you're scaring me. I don't Look, know. Listen to me. I know who you are. Hello, and welcome back to What is the Event Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to the event on NBC, your place to talk about the event. This week, we do have a new episode to get into, and we'll be talking about that here in just a few minutes. And that episode wasn't from the What is the Event Podcast Studios. But first, it's we're going to get into a little moves. bit of event Jimmy, news since we did have a week off last week. The event was off last Monday, as well as our podcast. And honestly, I'm curious to see how the ratings go this week, just to see if that break affected the ratings, because... Basically every week but one, our the event ratings have gone down, and then one week that was basically the same. So going down in the ratings for five straight episodes, and then going steady for the sixth straight episode, and then not having an episode, I'm thinking is bad for the show. And we'll see how that works out here. I know me personally I had a friend Logan who texted me, said, "Hey, what channel is the event on?" Looking for the event last Monday, and I had to tell him, "Oh, it's not on. They're showing an SNL special instead." And so I'm thinking there's probably a lot of people who didn't know that it wasn't supposed to be on and were looking for it and they didn't find it. And we're like, oh, maybe it got canceled just like the Undercovers or just like Outlaw or just like whatever. So hopefully it wasn't, won't hurt the show too bad, but it's possible. You go over to TV by the numbers. You can see this week's ratings and see that the event did fall in viewers. A little over 5.9 million viewers down to just over 5.5 million. In the all-important 18 to 49 category, it dropped from 2.0 down to 1.7, a 15% drop-off there, which is not good for any television show to have that go down. All right, and some other event news. There are some new postings over at two little websites we like to talk about, the Truth Seeker 5314, as well as the eventiscoming.com slash blog. And uh, there's three new posts since our last episode at TruthSeeker5314. There's one called Family Secrets. It has some pictures of the files of Michael Buchanan's secret, um, things about the aliens. At least that's what Madeline calls them. And, uh, you know, if you agree or disagree. And then there's also a post from the 5th of November that was a copy of um, the little journal from the episode that had the list of names of young ladies who, much like Samantha, were young girls, and with, along with the code at the bottom that Sean was trying to decipher. And so you can take a look at the young ladies' names as well as the little code, which include Grace Chamberlain, Abby Stern, London O'Neill, Emily Griffiths, Laura Bellum, Hillary Chapman, Gia Cesaro, Joanna Myers, Jezebel Weiler, Adriana Gutoli, Clarice Foster, Blair Dalton, Maria Ortiz. And then what really appears to be a Microsoft Office code for activating Office 2010 or something at the bottom, all the random numbers and letters. So you can take a look at that if you would care to. And, um, yeah, so that's over there for your viewing pleasure, if you will. And also, as always, Nick Waters has posted some new things over at the event is coming slash blog. 
um, before the episode. He posted some things about last night's episode, along with some behind-the-scenes photos. Um, and then afterwards, there was a new post, which there usually is on a Tuesday, following up a new episode. And it has um, some information about the different stuff that's coming up. And you know, he has some questions he's asking now you know, we should be asking. Like, how would the mysterious list bring Sean and Leia closer to finding Samantha? Will Thomas align himself with his mother, Sophia, now that she's back in power? You know, we've got to tune in next week to find out about that. And in the end of the episode, we'll talk about, uh, for episodes eight, its title and its description. But if you saw the, the preview, it shows you a little bit of what's going to happen next week, which will be kind of fun. And as always, there is a dis Deconstructing the Event um, little video you can check out. And you can see that over at NBC.com slash The Event. So, check it out. And anyway, without any further ado, we'll get away from the event news and jump on over into the Revent Cap. The Revent Cap, the portion of the portion of this show where we recap recap the event. event. All right, it's time to jump into the Revent Cap. And this episode started off with. Uh, previously on the event and uh honestly it'd been you know two weeks basically since they'd seen the last episode i kind of almost forgot that the building had collapsed and disappeared and simon had almost died and all those things speaking of which there was a uh preview last week that showed simon was alive in the hospital this for this episode just stupid it ruined it uh, the suspense of oh is simon dead well no if you watched the preview you knew he wasn't Anyway, Thomas and Sophia are transported a few blocks away, and Aaron is there to meet them. I have a little, um, few words to say about killing people in that building and whatnot. And then we go over to the, see the president, and we learn that 15 to 30 men were still in the building, and probably, presumably, most of them were killed. And uh, we also find out that the president is informed that there was a mole and that Murphy was last seen with Lee. He was going to find out who it was, someone on the field team, but he's you know, missing, basically. And uh, Sterling's going to find out who it is. We flash back to see Sterling and his wife um, celebrating their 10-month, third week and second day of marriage. And uh, he gets some special wine for them. And then his dad calls. It says to meet him in his office first thing the next morning. And then we, we cut back to normal time. Simon's in the hospital. We see he suffered this trauma. And then, just before we cut to the event title screen, Murphy is found in the trunk, and he tells them that Agent Lee is the mole. We have uh, Sean, Layla, and crazy lady Madeline hanging out at the Buchanan's household. And Layla doesn't believe her family was killed because of aliens or EBTs or EBs or whatever they like to be called. And so they start digging around for some evidence. And they find this journal with uh, the names of some 10-year-old girls we found out a little later in the episode who were kidnapped, much like Samantha with some codes at the bottom. Old girl knows somebody who might could help. And so... That's where they traipse off to. We, we next see them in a few minutes. And then we finally get to see Dempsey. Oh, the character played by Hal Holbrook. And uh, he's he has some genetically altered flowers. He gives his little servant guy a $2 million bouquet. Carter calls him on a secure line and uh, kind of lets him know what's going on. And uh, they think that they, um, Sean and Layla may have gone to the Buchanan's house. They may have already gone from there now. And um, so, is this the mystery guy who's planned the attack along with Thomas, or with the help of Thomas? 
And then later also we hear Thomas saying that someone in the Midwest is investing for him not to draw attention to, to Thomas and his people, but to this guy. I'm assuming that Dempsey is this fellow who is investing and using either the knowledge of technology or new new information that the um, non-terrestrials are giving him to make millions um, enough to genetically alter flowers that will bloom every month and, and such as that. And um, in my theory, you'll hear a little bit later, um, some other things that he might be trying to do genetically to alter other things. And uh, so, yeah, that kind of gets us back to a commercial break. And we find out um, some more about Sophia and Thomas. And uh, basically, he says, I'm sorry, Mother, after you know, doing things that she didn't approve of. So apparently, she is his mother? Is she a biological mother? Is she, was he a test tube baby in space? Um, is that just a generic mother and then she is the leader or um, are they flesh and blood? Um, I guess we'll assume that they're flesh and blood, that she is his biological mother, but who knows how that works with non-terrestrials. And um, they know that Simon is in the hospital and uh, Next thing we see is um, Sterling is um, reviewing Lee's file, and he sends a guy back to the coffee shop to to find that little vial um, that spread the little isotope. And we go back to 14 years earlier, and Blake learns that his wife is indeed a Russian intelligence operative. Dun dun dun! Not good. Um, he has to try to choose between bringing her in, or 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 basically not having a career. And uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much his choice back in that day. And uh, he goes over Simon's file, sees a lot of things really don't match up. Everything's been destroyed. High school supposedly destroyed in Hurricane Floyd. People in his family are dead or unreachable. Just seems kind of odd. And then he also notices that Agent Lee looks as fresh as when he was hired, whereas Sterling lost hair and grade and things when he um, came into the, the force. And he also says that if he is the mole... Especially if he is a sleeper agent for the non-terrestrials, the uh, the enhanced technique, enhanced terrorization techniques will definitely be used. And uh, I don't know. One thing I was just kind of cut in here to say is I do like this the scene of Blake's past. He doesn't seem quite the evil person that he's kind of made out to be just because he looks sneaky. Um, I like that he's a little more human now. That's a good thing about a backstory. It's a good thing about. Um, laying the foundation for who a character is. And I think that's a good thing they did this episode, um, seeing how his father had shaped his life and how his wife's um, betrayal had as well. All right, well, we do see, um, cut back over to Sean and Layla and Madeline looking for help to crack this code. And Peter, unwillingly at first, basically, lets him in to try to help. Uh, he knows who they are, apparently, because he tells Layla that the government has her dad. He's not sure what happened to his, her sister. Um, and eventually he lets Sean get on his computer, um, even though he's told that the game is rigged and they have no chance of winning. And then we cut to one of Dempsey's agents um, saying that he intercepted a phone call and knows where they're going. And there's basically a SWAT team in the back. Um, also, then we see Layla and Sean having a moment alone, and they're you know, having a little touching scene. But then it cuts to... I guess it's, I think it even said Atlanta, Georgia, but it was night. And a minivan pulls up in the gas station. A driver gets out, swap plays do his keys, and she like, apparently is a nurse, and she's about to inject something into Samantha. Well, 
Sean and Layla are in Atlanta, Georgia. So why would it be night when it shows this clip? Granted, this might be out of sequence, but that just seemed a little odd. Um, maybe it wasn't Atlanta, Georgia. Maybe it didn't say that, but it seemed like I thought it said that on the screen. Maybe I should, should go back and check it. But my, my thinking is maybe they're in another time zone, like far away, maybe even in Europe, where it would have been night um, there, where it was still daytime, where Sean and Layla were. Um, but anyway, that gray van pulls up with the SWAT team in back and are about to storm the apartment. And Peter has an iPhone app that will blow up his apartment. So he sets it off. And then magically, Madeline and Peter kind of disappear as Sean and Layla and them are kind of knocked down by the blast, um, which is kind of strange. I don't know what's up with that. Maybe he had an, another escape route um, again. And this time we see, um, we come back from the commercial break, Thomas is dressed up like a janitor, and he switches Agent Lee's blood samples to make it appear that he is not one of them. So he will not be found out. Thomas even rides in an elevator with Sterling and tells him, if you crave a cigarette, eat some dark chocolate. <laughs> we see 14 years earlier that Sterling had decided to run away with his own wife, but um, instead she just tries running away and ends up having herself being shot by his father. And the last we see in this timeline is his father hands him or is trying to hand him the gun to say, save your career. Tell him that you, know, that you had done this. And uh, so, yeah. And uh, his father says it this way. This could either be the end of your career or a great triumph. And then we do see Agent Garrett. And he has found the container that contained the isotope in the coffee shop trash can. There are two partial prints that should be enough to get the mole's identity. Garrett wants to know if they've got the blood test results. But then Sterling basically says, if we get fingerprints, we won't need the blood test results. We won't have to wait. We go back over from the commercial break. Sean and Leela still don't know what's going on. They're kind of running away. But Sean says that we're being chased right now. That means we're on the right track. And he loves her and he wants to do everything to get them. Um, get her back with her family. And we see that Simon wakes up in the hospital. Sterling is looking as creepy as ever and tells him that they thought that he was the agent, the mole. And he says that they've tested his blood. He says, good luck. You're good news. You're human. And then he says that the fingerprints don't match. So Murphy is the mole. And then we see some shenanigans where Aaron framed Murphy, uh, which works out pretty good for old Mr. Simon Lee. And, uh, uh, Sterling basically says that he owes him an apology, uh, which is just kind of funny. All right. And this, so, uh, Agent Garrett and crew go in and arrest Murphy. And Murphy is taken away. Sterling has this evil look on his eye like, yeah, I'm about to waterboard you. So that's kind of interesting. Okay. So we see some flowers near Sophia as we cut back over to her and Thomas. And I'm thinking those were the same flowers that Dipsy had. And Thomas is trying to get home through a portal. The portal they used to, to transport the plane was basically the, the best they could do right now with the abilities that they have. They don't have enough to transport everyone home. They need war, nuclear warheads. And Thomas thinks that he has a way in. And then we cut over to the president. We find out um, from the news that Aviasir, uh, all the people have been recovered. And whatever substance was aboard the plane, supposedly, they will be released once their condition is stable. So there is a new cover story out there. Uh, for what happened to that flight and those passengers, but it does not um, explain 
how they're going to deal with these people. Like, what are they doing to these people? Are they going to make them forget? Is it men in black time? Look, they're a little flashy like, okay, well, you had some biological agents introduced to you in this airplane, and now you're all gay. That's, yeah, that's not going to work. So that's, I still don't get how they're going to deal with that. All right, so now, this looks like it should be the end of the episode. There's very little time left, but we cut to a creepy hallway. The nurse and Samantha are walking down it towards the end. They open a door to five other little girls. All we see is their hair covering their faces. They're doing random little things, looking at books and toys or something. And then the um, the nurse lady or whatever keeps saying, Oh, girls, it's Samantha. Look, it's Samantha. And finally the girls all turn around, and they are old. Um, and this is where I will just go ahead and jump into my erratic event theory of the week. All right, my erratic event theory of the week is that Dempsey, with the help of Thomas and all their advanced technologies, is using some form of non-terrestrial tech to suck the life out of these young ladies. And that is why these 10-year-old girls look to be aged old women. And so at one point in this episode, we see Dempsey connected to a IV. And I'm saying whatever however this works he's getting some drugs pumped into his body to help basically rejuvenate him like a fountain of youth formula almost from these young girls and so he's taking whatever things and however he does it i'm not sure how to explain the technology because it's not real it's fictional but he's using these young ladies to fuel his need to be young again and strengthen and all those good things that uh that he would want um, from being youthful instead of an old, old man. So that is my erratic event theory of the week. And that is going to wrap up our little revent cap and our erratic event theory week. We're going to get into a little bit of our event line and then we'll wrap up the show. We are now entering the portion of the show referred to as the event line. Okay, on the event line. All right, well, we have several things on the Twitter. Um, I had a lot of things, actually, from uh, around Halloween. I posted a pumpkin. I made Iron Man, Jack-O-Lean, Iron Man Jack-O-Lantern. Had a bunch of people, you know, thanks, and nice job, and awesome, epic pumpkin, and stuff like that. Anyway, we'll skip over that stuff. I had some stuff back from the 26th, which I don't think we mentioned last time. Heather McComb. Good old Agent Collier said, thank you guys so much, um, and said that to at Jocelyn underscore E at Event Podcast and at The Event Cast. Also had a Father Friday from the Event Live back on October 29th. The TV event, um, thank me for a Father Friday on the October 30th. The TV underscore event gave me a Follow Monday, and then um, also had a, a mention from Iowa underscore card that, that day, so thanks for the mention. Um, WD TV podcast, Walking Dead TV podcast, um, Cinefala Friday, I wait November the 5th. Definitely check out the Walking Dead TV podcast if you're watching The Walking Dead on AMC. It's a great um, show. I uh, haven't got a chance to see episode two just yet, but I plan to do that hopefully very, very soon. Episode one was really good. Um, but if you want to check out a good podcast about that show, check out The Walking Dead TV podcast. Uh, I've listened to four or five of their episodes so far. I think they're up to episode eight. Eight, um, because they have you know one after each episode, and they had several before the show came out. So you definitely check those guys out. I actually first heard about them over on 
the media junkyard. Jordan from Jersey was on there talking about um, the podcast and their uh, also their little contest they did. Anyway, check out the Walking Dead TV podcast if you're into the Walking Dead, which is a great show. And also, my friction gave us a shout out and said thanks for the follow. So that's cool. And then we had a message from Iowa underscore card we mentioned earlier. Said, see my theory and other essays here. And they gave me a link to um, spoilerstv.com, which has posted one of their um, theories. And their theory involved the world of Warcraft and the event. I've briefly played the world of Warcraft, not really into it. He kind of explains the things you have to do during the, uh, the world of Warcraft. Then he talks about Don Quixote. And then... At the very end, he talks about all this different stuff, and he gets to talking about Sean. He says, um, possibly that we're seeing is a realm imagined by or created by Sean or his alter ego, a la Don Quixote. The prisoners are a product of the Eden-like world, and like the early members of Adam's family, very long-lived. They slip through a portal on accident and need to get home, a similar quest to the drainy of the Burning Crusade. The infection of the passengers is similar to the corrupted blood incident that we saw hemorrhaging. Now that we've now that I have written this, I remember one more thing to discuss. Stephen King. He wrote the series called The Dark Tower. For those who have not read it, when I go into details, it may provide clues on how the show may turn. But yeah, I'm not a World of Warcraft person, but that really does make some sense since Sean is a computer person, um, works for a software company and stuff, so if you're into the World of Warcraft, maybe you'll understand all that stuff. I understand some of it. And the other stuff, I was like, okay, I don't know. But anyway, check it out if you'd like to. And the uh, link is down in our AAC feed. So thank you, Iowa underscore card, for submitting your theory. Very nice. Okay. Also, we have some email to get into. It's from Selena. We have an email from her a few weeks back. And um, this week... Um, she writes, she says, I'm going to submit my a theory before tonight's show based on some very, very slightly spoilery evidence. There was an interview with Evan Katz on E! Online. You can find a link on her blog, which is down in the AAC feed right now, and that is selenasevent.blogspot.com, where he said that no one has really guessed what they are yet. The evidence on the show seems to point that they are to them being aliens from somewhere else, non-terrestrial. I hate this. Many fans have theorized that they are an advanced form of humans from the distant future, and that this is the dominant alternate theory. But a caller to your podcast on the last show pointed out if they were from the future that Thomas would not have been surprised by the level of technology when he saw the vacuum tubes. This is true. Additionally, we have realized that had Thomas not been there to work on the Manhattan Project, perhaps our history would have been completely different. This has led me to the idea that perhaps they're not from the future or outer space, but from some alternate timeline or alternate universe. Somehow they managed to cross over in their ship. I'm not sure if they were in our world by accident or if they did it intentionally when they became aware of it. But the world evolved in a drastically different way than in this alternate version and perhaps the event involves us becoming aware of the other or perhaps some crossing of timelines. Or perhaps we're on a path to some, catast some cat catastrophe that they failed to prevent in their own timeline. It's way out there, I know. But it would be so much better than Alien. Selena from selenasevent.blogspot.com and yes I agree almost anything would be better than just aliens and uh, that is an interesting theory um, interesting stuff uh, only thing I have to say about the alternate dimensions things I, I think it's a good theory because anybody's um, just that, that seems to be a, the plot device on another show on TV so I'm just like if they'd go there maybe they would 
um, if it wasn't already on another TV show, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so. But like the same thing with Aliens. Okay, Aliens is on a whole bunch of TV shows, and movies, and they're doing that. It looks like so. I wouldn't put it past them. Um, so yeah, maybe they are from an alternate dimension or alternate time, alternate universe. So um, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. But thank you to Selena for that message. That's awesome. All right, it is time for our slightly spoilerific section of the show where we will discuss next week's episode title and description. So if you do not want to hear such material and you're not in the AAC feed and can't skip to the next chapter, you may want to skip ahead about 40 seconds or so, starting pretty much about right now. And episode number eight is entitled For the Good of Our Country. Desperate times call for desperate measures. President Martinez Furious about recent security failures, demands answers from Director of National Intelligence Blake Sterling. When he doesn't receive the progress that he desires, Martinez decides to personally interrogate Michael Buchanan about his involvement in the assassination attempt. While Michael holds to his claim that he doesn't know who was involved, he inadvertently reveals incriminating evidence about someone deep inside the president's staff. Meanwhile, Dempsey dispatches Vicky on a new clandestine mission. And elsewhere, Sean and Layla scramble to stay ahead of the covert ops that are trying to silence them and what they know. All right. Well, that is episode eight of the event. And that is also the end of our episode. So if you'd like to get in on the show next time, feel free to call into the show at 773-41-EVENT. You can also call us in on Skype and leave us a voicemail. We're listed there under Event Podcast. We're also listed under Event Podcast at Twitter and at Facebook. So twitter.com slash event podcast, facebook.com slash event podcast. And then also you can email us at what is the event podcast at gmail.com. We'd love for you to be a part of this show because this is what is the event podcast, the first podcast dedicated to the event on NBC, your place to talk about the event. <laughs> oh, anyway, yeah, it looks like Tuesdays are going to be our probably podcast day, like Tuesday night sometime versus Monday night late late monday night early early tuesday morning so that'll probably be our updated schedule for the for the time being and so we will see you next time on the podcast peace he's going to tell them about the event